Let's do this. That was me saying that I started. Oh, the thing started? Yeah. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. (laughs) I am a very in recovery, Nick. My brain is still kind of mush right now. I've been very sick for the past three days. That's true. Oh, it's been fantastic waking up at three, dying. (sighs) Yeah, he'll leave the bed for like three hours during the night, and of course I'll wake up because he's left the bed. And Hemi doesn't mind. No, Hemi doesn't care. She loves (laughs) She loves the space. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up just in case I'm a little like off today, a little out of it. Uh, but I'll try to keep my energy up for the podcast. We can have a relaxed podcast. Because guess what? I have three stories. Yay. Oh, did you did a you title? want more? Oh, Anything? do you have? Oh, oh, by the way, I by suppose. the way, just in case it's the first time you're joining in, I'm Josephine. This is Nick. I'm Nick. We are that scary as fuck, or I'm... that scary AF. Yeah, we don't cuss on this fucking podcast, bro. Yeah, motherfucker. I like your new glasses. Thank you. I had this really cute optician help me pick them. Oh up. my gosh, really? Yeah, that's crazy. Anyways, so my first story is called. My mom went out for a drive and came back different. I don't think she's my mom anymore. Oh, sure. By apprehensive-oil-914. Okay. Yeah. The next one is kind of cool. It's a two-parter. Let me get this pulled up. It's, it's called, When I went to my neighbor's basement, I was horrified by what I saw. Part one and two. By Danger D one six three. Okay. Yes. And I am covering America's first serial killers, who just so happen to be from Kansas, where we're from. What? Who would live in Kansas? Who would live in Kansas? Bunch of bunch of bumpkins, bro. <laughs> the Bloody Benders. Ooh, kinky. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. Anyways, I like what you've done with the place. Thank you. We really, so we're working on getting a webcam. Are we? Yeah, we are. Are we? We There's things that we want to get for the podcast that were just not feasible yet, but that is a-okay. We're getting there. That means I actually have to wear pants. You are wearing pants. Yeah, but barely. Uh. (laughs) That's fair. Anyways, any schwoozles, any hoozle doozles. Any updates? About what? Our paranormal buddy. Oh, I don't know. I was told I'm not allowed to talk about him anymore. Well, I think, so, I'm fairly certain. I did some candle magic last night, and I did a, like, protection banishing purifying candle. Which that's burning right now, unattended. It's fine. (laughs) It's within the container, so it's fine. Um, it's fine it's within the container um and we left the window open so i'm thinking like i anointed it with some sage oil and everything like that to get rid of the negativity and all of that so if it is a bad you were saying it wouldn't burn anything down because you left the window open no I was saying that's where the negative like the negative spirits go you're supposed to be watching the candle I'm dead. You are on one today. I think I'm the delirium's sitting in. <laughs> All right. 
I'm done. But, as I was saying, I think we have solved our issue, but stay tuned. We'll let you guys know if anything else comes up, because what we were going to tell them, we recently told our Gigi. So, Nick and I were in the bathroom, and we were talking, and Nick had paused his podcast, and he does everything vocal control, or voice control, for his phone. So, like, you have to be like, you know, hey, yeah, do the thing. Want, we don't want to set off nobody's yeah, whatever's. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. So. That's crazy. Hey Alexa, play Despacito. <laughs> I'm dead. It'd be crazy if our Alexa heard you. Right. I don't hear it. But anyways, so we were in the bathroom, and he had paused the podcast, and we were still talking, but we had like just ended our conversation. And Nick was getting ready to, and we had just talked about the entity that's been in our house. We were like, have you seen him? I've felt him, like, all of this and that. And um, then when we got done with that little, like, conversation about him, the podcast turned back on. Neither one of us even remotely near the phone. Neither one of us were like, Hey, murmur, turn back on. Can we don't? Or whatever we were watching. Can you don't? Can we don't? Sorry. With Joe Paisley and Brian Albrandt. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Um, neither of us were next to it or anything. And yeah, okay, it could have been a phone glitch, whatever. But it was a weird coincidence. So we both decided, like, we needed to fuck, stop fucking around do the and, and protection you, and everything. Ne- never happened before or since. Exactly. Exactly. Only happened the one time. But, like, I've seen him pass by in, like, just phantom figures across the hallway and shit like that. So, I was ready for it. I honestly already feel a little more clear. We have a sage incense going. We have another incense going in the office with us just feels very clear and it feels very good in here yeah sorry i got distracted Henry's over there i know do you want to move your chair so she can come over here uh, you know oh, i guess so let the dog in what the dog doing hi hemi all right all right so, so that's enough about s- our born lives that's not boring i'm sorry they can't they come to be scared and i'm sorry but I never thought that I would be the person to be like, nope, fuck that. I'm not admitting that that's what that is. Like, I, it's just my figure. But I have. I definitely have. When I see it, I'm like, mm, nope, I'm that's, good. Thank that's, you. That's fair. All right. Um, I'm going to try to read with a sick voice. So, good luck to me. Uh, oh, water, yummy. Emmy, staring down, mama. All right. Sick storytelling voice. (laughs) My mom went out for a drive and came back different. I don't think she's my mom anymore. Hey, honey. I'm thinking of heading out for a drive. Care to join me? My mother's voice echoed. What? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm just trying to get him to angle himself towards the microphone. That way you guys can hear him a little bit better. I know he has a deeper voice, so it doesn't, like, you can hear it, but sometimes. Just angle yourself towards the microphone. I love you. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Anyways, 
Glancing up, I responded, Thanks, Mom, but I think I'll pass. Where are you headed? I thought I'd take the scenic route through the forest by Rockefeller Mountain, she replied with a hint of excitement. All right, have fun, I said. With a gentle kiss on my cheek, my mother departed. I sat there listening as the hum of the car's engine faded into the distance. Setting it, Settling into the couch, I grabbed some snacks from the fridge and began mindlessly watching an old war film. The movie, combined with the coziness of the couch, gradually pulled me to sleep. As quickly as I fell asleep, an instant vibration on my phone jerked me back to consciousness. Rubbing my eyes, I picked it up and was met with a series of missed calls and notifications, all from my mom. I tried returning her calls, but each attempt was met with her voicemail, glancing back at the clock. It read 10.48 p.m. She had left precisely 3.23 p.m. Jesus. Yeah, right? A little bit of time. Yeah. No drive, especially on that trail, would take that long. Time out. Okay. I'm I'm with you, but tangent time. You remember when we were kids? I don't know if you ever did this. For me, it was, was when my... I was kid. That's fair. I was just sitting in a room eating saltines before this moment at this exact age. Good to know. Anyways, for me, since I was the only one that was younger, apparently, <laughs> it was always my mom that I... And maybe this is my trauma showing, but... Um, whenever my mom would leave and she didn't come back in the time frame that... I'm not laughing at you, Trump. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, right when you said your mom, her mouth is open so it looked like her jaw dropped. That's funny. So, continue. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, whenever my mom would leave and I would ask her, like, how long is she going to take or whatever, if she didn't come back in that time frame, I would blow up her phone. I'm like, where are you at? What are you doing? Like, why aren't you home yet? What's that? Does that meme like uh the kid like when your mom's been gone for like two hours and had and, I don't fucking know, dude. My sick. Never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> no, but I think I know what you're talking about. <coughs> and it's like the same shit when you leave your mom in the grocery store. Like once you leave your mom, it's it's over. Which, by the way, if you're a parent and you leave your fucking kid at the checkout by themselves, fuck you're a you. hoe. You're a hoe. Absolutely fuck you. You're the one with the money. At least give me the money so I don't look like an idiot standing there and be like, my mom went to go grab the milk. And I promise you everybody hates you behind him. Or yeah. Down. Anyways. <clears throat> there we are. A storm, a storm of thoughts began to race into my head, each one more worrisome than the last. Had she gotten lost? Had the car broken down? Or was it something worse? As these scenarios whirled around in my head, a sharp and sudden sound pierced the air. The ring of the doorbell. I sprang my, from the couch, feet pounding the, on the wooden floor as I raced towards the door. The narrow view through the people revealed the face of my mother, but something was off. Her eyes, usually so full of warmth, seemed distant, almost hollow, swinging... <clears throat> oh my goodness, sorry. Were they black? I don't know. Swinging... <laughs> Swinging the door open, my voice was a mix of relief and frustration. Where have you been all this time? She hey. met she met my gaze, those unsettling vacant eyes seeming to peer right through me. Silent, she brushed past me with an air of detachment, making her way to her room without uttering a word. The next day was somewhat normal. I found her in the kitchen, going through the familiar routine of preparing our breakfast. But there was a change in her demeanor. Our usual conversations were absent, replaced by silence. <clears throat> As I readied myself for work, I tried to bridge the gap. Hey mom, I'm headed off to work. See you later. All I received was a silent nod of acknowledgement. 
leaving a cold space where her usual warm response would be. Mm-hmm. I got off of work late. I pulled into the driveway around 2 or 3 a.m., trying not to make a sound. I crept into the house, not wanting to wake my mom. I tiptoed through the dimly lit hallway towards the kitchen to grab some snacks and take them to my room. But when I flicked on the kitchen light, there she was. My mom, standing still, staring at the staring outside the window towards our backyard. No, thank you. The sight took me about aback. Mom, why are you up? What are you looking at? I waited for a reply, but silence hung in the air. Shrug. <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt again, but so at this point, the mom hasn't said a word. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Continue. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Shrugging it off. Work was alright today. Sorry, I lost my Sorry. Work was alright today. Left a bit early after some friends took off. While grabbing my stuff from the fridge, I couldn't help but ask, You okay, Mom? She answered, still staring out at the yard. Yes. Okay. The way she spoke was odd. It was too upbeat. Like she was thrilled about something. It didn't fit the moment at all. It was just off. Grabbing my snacks, I headed straight to my room, leaving the kitchen lights on for her. The morning came with the familiar smell of breakfast. On the weekends, Mom would cook since there was no rush for work. I headed downstairs calling out, Good morning! I grabbed some juice and sat. She replied cheerily, Good morning, sweetie. Looking like her usual self, she asked about work and how I slept. I wanted to remind her we talked the night before, but I didn't. But I didn't. I repeated what I said, and she acted like it was new information. We chatted more, then settled to eat. As I sliced into my pancake, something caught my eye. I pulled out a tiny, gleaming, gleaming sewing needle from the soft center. My heart raced as I asked, Mom, what's this? I held the needle aloft with the sharp point catching the light. This was in my pancakes, I stammered. Looking at it, her face reflected genuine concern. She hurriedly assured me, I'm so sorry, I never want to hurt you, truly. Her, embl- her embrace was warm and comforting. Don't eat any more of that. I'll whip you up a new one. Her words almost made me feel guilty for suspecting her. It was just so, so bizarre. Wait, what did he find again? A sewing needle. What the f- Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're okay. <laughs> uh, so bizarre that doubt naturally crept crept in. The day proceeded without another hitch. Laughter, movies, gossip, our wrist, wrist, ritualistic, there we go, first try, good night, capped it off. I climbed into bed around 10.30pm. As a kid, I had a paralyzing fear of the dark. To combat this, my mom had placed two nightlights in one of my, one in my room, another in the hallway. Though my room was now devoid of light, the hallway still had its comforting glow. Awakening for a sip of water, I froze. The glow from under the door was immediately obscured. A shadow. Someone stood there. Stifling my breath, I walked... Oh my gosh, sorry. It is hard reading right now. Here, take another drink of water. Okay. This is your uh, daily reminder to drink water. Hydrate or die straight. Uh, Oh my gosh. Um... Stifling my breath, I watched for what felt like an eternity, the shadow unwavering. Mom? I said softly. There was no reply. Instead, the shadow receded, gliding silently towards her room. Morning found me weary, 
the haunting shadow, the weight of my eyes on me, made sleep impossible. Oh my goodness. Uh, don't get sick, kids. <laughs> I confronted her at breakfast. Mom, were you outside my room around 3 a.m.? She evaded the question. Instead, her voice tinged with nostalgia. Do you remember letting me brush your curls when you were little? Let's do that now. Beside the sink, conditioner and a brush awaited. Recent events screamed caution, but this was my mom and I relented. Sinking into the familiarity of her touch, she worked on my tangles. Time melted away. Our conversation continued as she rinsed my hair. But I was talking... But as I was talking, suddenly I felt a, a hard grip tighten in my hair. Without warning. <laughs> I mean, it's not leaving my foot. <laughs> He's very ticklish. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> suddenly I felt a hard grip tighten in my hair. Without warning, my head was forced into the water, filling the sink. Panic overtook me. I was being drowned. It was surprising how weak you feel in a situation like this. With your mind racing and someone using their entire weight to hold you down by the back of your head. My arms flailed at times trying to push myself up using the edge of the kitchen counter. After what felt like an eternity, the grip released. Gasping and coughing, I pulled my head out of the water and spun around to confront my mother. What the fuck are you doing? I yelled trying to make sense of what just happened. That was the first time I had actually cussed at my mom. But I mean, what the actual hell? She started laughing, pointing at me with one hand while the other kept slapping her knee i got you you should have seen your face staring in shock my displeasure was clear enough that her laugh faded replaced by a look of concern come on don't be upset it was just a joke she stepped closer her arms open for a hug i quickly sidestepped keeping distance between us a wary expression evident on my face i was genuinely afraid that wasn't the kind of joke my mother would make She'd never take a prank to such extremes, so certainly not one that could hurt me. It was at this moment I realized something was terribly off about her. In fact, I began to doubt she was really my mother at all. From then on, I became distant. Our conversations were minimal, only out of necessity. I began to avoid meals, spending more time locked in my room. Those eerie nights when she'd stand outside my door persisted like clockwork, always around the same hour, every night. After a while, the shadow would recede. I grew more anxious, opting to leave the house frequently, taking refuge at friends' places uh, just to avoid being home with her. She stopped going to work altogether. During the day, she'd be in the backyard, engaging in strange activities, digging random holes, thrusting a trowel into the ground, or just standing there, seemingly talking to herself, though I could never make out the words. However, last night... However, last night's event is the only one that will forever be etched in my memory. Before drifting to sleep, I recalled praying for an uninterrupted night's rest. The mere sight of her shadow under my door had become a haunting and fearsome nightly ordeal. I found myself jolted awake in the pitch black darkness of my room. Reluctantly, I shifted my gaze to the bottom of my door. As I feared, her shadow was there. She was standing outside, silent as ever. I tried to force myself back to sleep, but given the circumstances, sleep eluded me. Then, something different occurred. A knock. Seven soft, deliberate knocks. After the knocks, silence consumed the room. Lying there, fear paralyzed me. What was different tonight? Why did she decide to knock now? 
a chilling thought struck me. My door didn't have a lock. It never did. Even from my childhood, the last semblance of a barrier between us wasn't even secured. The eerie knocks resumed, more insistent this time. Oh, thank you. Knock, 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 knock. Reacting instinctively, I pulled the covers over my head, clinging to those childhood beliefs of safety. But deep down, I knew it wouldn't protect me now. The sound of the door creaking open made my heart pound harder. I braced myself, waiting for the sound of footsteps, but there was none. Had she retreated, or was she just standing there, watching? Minutes dragged in, dragged on in terrifying silence. Then suddenly there was a rapid scuttling noise. It sounded impossibly fast, moving from the floor to the walls to the ceiling. The entire room echoed with it. Blind terror overcame me, thoughts racing uncontrollably. Is she crawling on all fours? How is she moving so fast? What is she doing? Am I going to die? These fears consumed me until darkness took over. Whether from stress or sheer panic, I lost consciousness. Gratefully, it spared me from whatever horror unfolded that night. When the morning light finally greeted me, my room was a mess. Everything thrown into chaos. No, it was nowhere in sight. Did it leave? Is it still in the house? These questions remain unanswered. Gathering my courage, I finally left the safety of my bed and managed to prop a chair against the door for some semblance of security. I'm at a loss for what to do next or whom to turn to, but one thing is certain, I can't spend another night here. The house has been eerily silent since I woke up, but I'm preparing to remove the chair and make a break for it. So far, there's been no sound outside my door, which I hope means the coast is clear. The end. No, thank you. I don't like that they took on the body of the mom. I don't like that I can't fucking talk. <laughs> and I need water and all the fucking everything. Okay, well, why don't we pause? We'll get you all the things and we'll come back. And it'll be like no time passed for them. Okie dokie, we'll be back. We'll be back. See, and it's like no time passed at all. Yeah, we're back. And Nick now has some tea that he is going to drink while I tell my story. I put Haichu in it. Yes. Those of you who don't know Haichu, they have some new brand or new flavors that came out. We tried the fantasy ones today. Absolutely delicioso. Okay. 4K, La Biblioteca. I adore you. Okay. Como estas? La Biblioteca. Como estas? Okay. It's very hot. We're going to do this today. Because I set up my laptop on my desk, but where we had the microphone was literally right behind my head. So now you're in my lap. Do you have... Man, hard to see others live in my dream, huh? <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts on my story while I'm thinking about it? Well, it, just like I said, I really hate the fact that it took on the, the uh, shape of their mom. Yeah. It's just not a fun thing. True. I don't like it. Same. All right. All right. So. Very hot. The Bloody Benders. Bloody Benders. The Bloody Benders. 
Um, most of my sources came from Legends of America and Crime Reads. And like I said earlier, they are America's first serial killers. The Bender family included Ma, or she was also known as Elmira. Pa, who is John Sr. Kate. John Sr.? I adore you. John Sr. Kate and John Jr. Would you like me to play it on the air, Magic? Hemi Femi, back up. Hemi is very attention deprived. <laughs> she was just. Go away! <laughs> we might have to put the baby gate up. We might. Hemi, back up. Go lay down. Had to break out the mom voice. Anyways. Okay. They all ran a roadside inn in Cherryvale, which is a town in Labette County, Kansas. The most recognizable town in the county is Parsons. Man, I heard of it. Honestly. I've heard of it. Well, no, I've heard of Parsons, but the thing that I saw about Parsons was that it was one, one of the cheapest places to live in Kansas. Hell yeah. But also it had one of the highest crime rates. Hell yeah. And that's nowadays. Hell yeah. So. Um, Stick to your roots, Parsons. Labette, Labette is also a town in Labette County, but, I mean, that's also just, that's something you can kind of guess in Kansas especially, is that if you're in the county, there's going to be a town called that county's name. Like, Clay County. There's Clay Center. I don't know. I don't think there's any. Riley County. Town of Riley. Douglas County. I'm fairly certain there's a Douglas. In Douglas County. I think so. Jefferson County. Fairly certain. No, there's not. I'm from Jefferson County. There's 99. There's not. Well, anyways. Um... And Parsons is also near Independence, Kansas, which is in the southeast corner of Kansas. They were accused in the northwest. Good job. <laughs> they were accused of eleven murders between eighteen seventy and eighteen seventy three. In this time, Kansas was recovering from the battles of the Civil War. We weren't called bleeding Kansas for nothing. That was just for those of you who aren't familiar with bleeding Kansas. It's about a week out of the month. No. Okay. Good job. I guess we're just going to leave it there. It's about a week out of the month, every month in Kansas, where Kansas just bleeds. That's why Kansas is a bitch. <laughs> okay, sorry. Had <coughs> Astro or whatnot. Had <laughs> Astro or whatnot. All right, free soilers and slavery advocates fought over the land to decide who got what. Not to mention all the pioneers that were coming through Kansas on their way west. If they weren't worried about the travelers there... Um, they were worried about Indian attacks, so it's safe to Native say... Native American. Safe to say that Southeast Can- yeah, Southeast Kansas was just Not a rough Northwest. spot to be in all around. So it is just very, like, Wild West during this time. Everybody was killing everybody for no reason. Like, they were Maybe fighting over shit. I know. Um... <laughs> In 1870, five families of spiritualists settled in what later would be called Cherryville, one of which was the Benders. Once John Sr. settled them onto a 160-acre piece of land, they built a few things. Yeah, it is pretty big. Um, And for those of you who don't know, an acre is roughly about the size of a football field. 
What? <laughs> Continue. Some people don't know. Okay, no, I know, I know. Okay. Um, it just took me about three football fields to get to that conclusion. Wow. Football fields are the most form of measurement. Okay. You paused for like 12 football fields there, bro. You need to like get it going. I'm not the one who keeps interrupting, giving me shit. But you know what? This is the most you've ever done it, and I am so proud of you. So I'm not even complaining. Drinking my tea. Good job. Make sure Pinky's up. You know, Kermit the Frog. Wow, that's your whole ass hand that is up, sir. I know. I'm levitating it with my mind. Oh, okay. Without camera to prove it. Good job. Okay. Uh, one room. Uh, one was a one room framed cabin, a barn, a corral, and a dug as well. Inside the cabin was partitioned with a large canvas, creating living quarters in the back and a small inn and store up front. John Sr. immigrated from Germany and was 60 years old when they arrived, and Amira was 55 when they arrived. All of them, they thought, came from a German descent, like, we're fairly certain, but... I'm not 100% on that because some sources mentioned it and some sources didn't. Well, by Banjor or whatever the Germans say. Hey, actually, they did know French and German. That's why I'm questioning. Because I did know that they knew multiple languages. Well, see Kyle, my guy. Oh, my lanta. Okay. Uh, Spiritualists believed that departed souls can communicate to the living in multiple different ways. They just need an avenue to do it. Um, it was said in almost every single source that I had, because I also listened to podcasts about this too, like, uh, with Dan Cummins' Time Suck and And That's Why We Drink, and they said, both of them mentioned that Ma was so mean that she was considered to be a she-devil by her neighbors. Just like you, Furrow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) Kate was 23, attractive, and very outgoing. She was a self-proclaimed healer, psychic, and would hand out flyers that offered her services to cure any ailments, including deafness and dumbness. I feel like we know a few people like that now. We do. Uh, Gave lectures on spiritualism as well. She conducted seances... Um, people had her come to their house to help them contact their loved ones. Um, and then when the benders opened up their store and inn, many travelers would stop in for a meal or supplies just because that was one of the very few places that was open. Um, the inn was right off of its Osage. Yeah, it's right off of Osage Trail. So it was just convenient for everybody to stop by there. Um, but that's how the benders were choosing their victims. It was by pure convenience and it was always um it was always like done the same way um sometimes though they got they didn't get much off of the travelers they did this just simply for the thrill of the kill because there was one of them where they only got like 40 cents off the guy hey man i get it i do not um, the first few travelers missing didn't raise any alarms because it wasn't uncommon for men to continue the journey westward in those days. However, as more time passed, the more people went missing. In May 1871, a man was found in Drum Creek, southeast of the Bender property, with his skull crushed and his throat slashed. 
In February of 1872, two more men were saying they were found with the same unique injuries. And then by fall, it was a common occurrence for people to vanish on the Osage Trail. So people started, like the new travelers, started avoiding the trail for their own safety by the spring of 73. And when neighboring communities started to make assumptions, the Osage Township, which is also uh, Cherryvale, it was... They're not one and the same, but it's like the Osage Township had Cherryvale in it. Potato, tomato. Pretty much. Okay. Um, they called a meeting at the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse in March to see what if they could do anything. About 75 people showed up, and that included the two Bender men. The meeting started with the fact that 10 people were missing. That also included Dr. William York. The group decided to search every farmstead between Big Hill Creek and Drum Creek. The benders remained silent when most of the attendees volunteered to have their premises searched. And I'm going to pause for a second here to tell more backstory on, like, how we got to this point. Okay. <coughs> oh, man. Okay. There's the voice. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, it was the disappearance of George Longcore that would eventually lead to the truth about the Benders. So after the death of his wife, George set out with his 18th, 18 month old daughter, Marianne, to move to Iowa, but they never made it. Oh, Iowa. The gem of the West. The gem of the West. Uh, Dr. William York, who was Longcore's neighbor, and he had also sold Longcore the wagon and horses for the trip. Um, which will come in later as well. He was alerted that... Oh, it's the very next point. Um, <laughs> he was alerted that a team of horses had been abandoned by Fort Scott, Kansas. And Dr. Have you? Yeah. Oh, cool. I've never been. Um, Dr. York set out looking for them himself and asked people that lived along the trail to on the way to Fort Scott if they knew anything. Nobody did. On the way home from... Yeah, from Fort Scott, Kansas, kind of dense. That's fair. <laughs> um, on the way home from accurately identifying the horse and wagon that he sold to um, Longcore, he made the fatal decision of stopping in the Bender Inn. And after that, Dr. York was never found again. Bender? I barely know her. <laughs> uh, the Benders didn't realize that Dr. York had a colonel and a state senator that were his brothers, though. Oh, damn. Family running deep. Yeah. So, uh, Colonel Ed York and Alexander M. York, the Kansas State Senator, quickly organized a search party to find their brother. They, Billy York. Billy Eddie. Yes. Billy Eddie. Yes. They quickly tracked him to the Benders Inn. Uh, the Benders first denied knowing Dr. York from the beginning. Colonel York would eventually find enough to earn, uh, to earn his way back into the inn um, he confronted a woman who allegedly fled the Bender Inn after Alma, Alma, Almira, jeez Louise, Almira. Bill for short. Sure. Threatened her with knives and pistols. When questions, Almira pretended not to know English, so he, she just was using German. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It just made me think back to the beginning. Poor K, log biblio. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so although after much questioning, uh, she was getting very upset and then she went on a rant about how the woman cursed her coffee. 
in English. So she just outed herself as a liar. Um, And Almira kicked the men out shortly after her outburst. And then this is where the meeting comes into the timeline again. So we're back at the meeting. The two Johns, Senior and Junior, are both at the meeting. Uh, After the Colonel had gone to their house, the meeting gave them permission to come back and take a look around. One of the neighbors had noticed that the animals that were on the farm were either dead or starving. This is what led to them coming out to the cabin because they were searching the other farms that they had gotten permission to search first. But it's kind of like a wellness check at this point. So they got permission to go on their land. Oogie They went out to the cabin only to find it deserted. And there was a horrible smell coming from the inside of the inn when they entered it. There was a trap door that was nailed shut. And, you know, they decided that they were just going to take the nails out. I get it. Yeah. Take the nails out. Take a look in there. Hello? Oh, it sounded like there was something going on in the living room. The air conditioning? Yeah, maybe. But it's been on for a minute. No, every time it starts to click on or starts to click off, it makes it sound like something's bumping around. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what Trust I heard. Me, Hemi and I have gotten used to it. That's it fair. It freaks me out every time we're in bed. Okay. Um, so, trap door, nailed shut. They discovered that. And then the men decided that prying it open was the best thing to do. And they found a six-foot deep hole filled with the coagulated blood or clotted blood. That was causing the odor. Surprisingly, though, there were no bodies there. The men dug around the cabin, especially around the end, the area that the benders used for a garden and orchard. And that's where they found the first body, buried head down with the feet barely covered. It was Dr. York, who had been bludgeoned. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. You're over there singing that while I'm like, yeah, he was bludgeoned and then his throat was slit. From ear to ear. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next day, they would find ten more bodies and miscellaneous body parts. There was a woman and a little girl that were found there as well. The little girl was assumed to be Marianne. Um, she had not been bludgeoned, but almost worse was she was buried alive, most likely. Uh, of the discovery of her remains, the Kansas City Time reported, quote, the little girl was probably eight years of age and had a long, sunny hair and some traces of beauty on a countenance, on a countenance that was not entirely disfigured by decay. That's Hemi. She's fine. She does it for attention. <laughs> also, damn, that's crazy. Good thing that little girl lived, though. She didn't. She was buried alive, Josephine. Thank you. But found dead. Well, okay. Whose fault is that really? Like, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hemi, back up. <laughs> if, if... If you uh, hear the sniffing and snuffing, it's Hemi. If I put food in the refrigerator for you, and you let it There's run. no way that you can talk yourself out of this. <laughs> yes, okay. uh, it's gonna sound horrible either way. Okay, I don't care. I'll give a fuck. Okay. But if I put food in the fridge for you, and you don't find it till it's moldy, is it my fault for putting the food in the fridge? 
I put it in while it was good. You found it while it was That does not apply to this. <laughs> Doesn't it kind of? No. Not at all, actually. A little bit. Not at all. Means not at all. If the police showed up that same day and dug her up, she'd be fine. But they didn't. Exactly. But they're also you... not the ones that put her there. Okay, so it's my fault your food got moldy in the fridge. Yes. I don't know. Agree. <laughs> Email in. It's the delirium, guys. I'm Email sorry. Email in to that scary AF at gmail.com with your opinion. Okay. Uh, one arm was broken, the breastbone had been driven in, the right knee had been wrenched from its socket, and the leg doubled up under the body. Nothing like the sickening series of crimes that had ever been recorded in the whole history of the country. Um, all of their victims, well, not all of their victims, but some of their victims included Henry McKenzie, Ben Brown, W.F. McCrotty, John Gary, Johnny Boyle, and there was an un unidentified man and woman. The burial site was christened as Hell's Half Acre. As word got out, the story Half really... Half Acre's about the size of an arena football field, and an arena football field is about 50, 50 yards. <laughs> <laughs> the story... <laughs> really started unfolding about who the benders really were and what they did. Here's <coughs> some water, dear. Stories told by the survivors of the Bender Inn involved a seat of honor, honor at the dining table. And we'll be back after this short break. Alright, we're gonna get started. While he's out of the room. Uh, stories told by survivors of the Bender Inn involved a seat of honor at the dining room table that had the back facing the canvas divider and was set on top of the trap door. Kate would begin to charm the men with her social skills, flirting, or revealing her psychic gifts. Pa and Junior would hide behind the canvas with a hammer to hit the man over the head. I didn't know if you were trying to set it down or not. No, you're good. Okay. Um, no, you're good. Uh, pa and Junior would hide behind the canvas with the hammer to hit them over the head. Ma and Kate would then loot the body and then push them through the trap door. Kate would then slit their throat to make sure that they were dead. Later that night, the body would be dismembered or buried in the garden. And then all of this also came to light is... No one was related except for Ma and Kate. Wait, what? Yeah. It, w it was not a real family. Who the fuck was these other people then? So, um, they, so Pa was John Gibhart. John Jr. was John Flickinger. And... Him and Kate were most likely a couple, not brother and sister. And then Ma was actually Almira Mark, who had many husbands and other children. Kate was actually Almira's fifth child, Eliza, Eliza Griffith. Hmm. 
Yes. Um, like I said earlier, they believed to do it for the thrill of the kill. Only got 41 cents off of one of the people that they killed. At maximum, they got $4,600 off of everybody. Two teams of horses and wagon, wagons, uh, a pony and a saddle. Okay, but I mean, $4,600 with inflation, like, comparatively, that's not bad, though. Let's look it up for the boys and girls at home. Read an inflation calculator. What year was it? Hey, Siri. How mm-hmm. much is $4,600 in 1870 worth today? Was it 1400 or $4,600? What did you say? It's equivalent to... Hold on. I'm not going to look it up. What was it? What was it? I want to see if I know if it's right. 4600 Oh, why did I forget? I don't know. And you said 18 something? 1870. Uh, this one goes back to 1913. Let's see. But yeah. What did Siri get? I found one. Hold on. Calculate. I have an approximation, but it's this is still like 40 years later. This is only 107 grand. Mine says about uh, 143. So either way, it's only about a quarter of a million. No, sorry, less than a quarter of a million. About 100, 100 grand-ish. I mean... Yeah, not worth it. 11 people? Yeah, fuck them. No, not worth it. Um, as word of the grisly murders spread, more and more travelers came forward to tell their own stories of narrow escape. One of the gentlemen named William Pickering, when he refused to sit with his back to the canvas because of its disgusting stains, Pickering said that Kate Bender threatened him with a knife, knife, so he fled the premises. A Catholic priest said that he fled when he saw one of the Bender men concealing a large hammer. And since the benders abandoned the farm, when, by the time the police got there, they were never found or convicted. Hmm. But that is the tale of our first serial killers. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The perfect crime. <clears throat> I don't know if it was the perfect uh, crime, but... Did they get caught? I guess not. I bet they did the gardening museum pies, too. <laughs> Probably. All right. I like that. I like that so much that I might even say that that's scary as fuck. That's the best I could come up with. I'm Nick. And I'm Josephine. We're going to cut it short today because Nick's voice is just not doing the thing. It ain't bad, daddy. Yeah. So we're not going to put him through that. But. All right. That was a pretty good one. I mean, even though we only did two stories today. Mm -hmm. How long? It was like. 50 minutes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy it. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.